you know, the weather's getting warmer. So I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually, actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple, perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. quince, but it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie, also from quince. Ooh, Mm -hmm. okay. Like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking. I'm going to toot my own horn. Effortlessly chic, whether it's winter or or summer. They've got premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30. You got washable silk tops, really stunning 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. Like truly the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, If you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, look, I don't know about you, but when I hold on to some negative feelings, it really starts to impact my day to day. Mm. I get a little snippy and short with the people in my life. Things start to really feel overwhelming. And look, it's just generally not great for me or for the people that I am interacting with. And I do find that my time in therapy is a real safe space to get those things off my chest and figure out how to work on and work through things that are weighing on me Mm. or maybe weighing on you. For example, like I have actually really been working on mindfulness in therapy. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. Easier said than done, but that's the work, right? Like just learning about kind of like really creating a breathing practice and paying attention to my physical body and my feelings Therapists are trained to help you figure out the cause of challenging emotions and to learn productive coping skills. If you're thinking about trying therapy, try BetterHelp. It's convenient and accessible anywhere because it is 100% online. All it takes to get started is filling out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. And if you're not vibing with the therapist, you can switch at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Forever35 today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Forever35. Hello. 
Hello, and welcome to Forever 35, a podcast about the things we do to take care of ourselves. I'm Dori Shafrir. And I'm Kate Spencer. And we're not experts. But we are two friends who like to talk a lot about serums. And we want you to call us. Please, Please call do. us. <laughs> Please call us. Can Please you tell we're self quarantined? We miss people. <laughs> um, our voicemail number is seven eight one five nine one zero three nine zero, and you can also email us at forever thirty five podcast at gmail dot com. We also have so many amazing discussions happening in our Facebook group, which you can join. It's facebook.com slash groups slash forever thirty five podcast. We have so many spin off groups to join, and the password for the main group is serums. So don't forget that. Um, and, you know, if you like the show, we always appreciate a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. Tell a friend, mention us on social media. We're just, you know, we just crave it all. <laughs> we do. Yep. <laughs> and you can also um, follow us on Instagram at Forever 35 Podcast, on Twitter at Forever 35 Pod. And anything we talk about, any products or items we mention uh, can be found on our website, forever35podcast.com. And I just want to put in a plug for our new daily show here for you, which is a 20 minute show where we just kind of try to talk through what's been going on in the world and give people something every day to help take their mind off things. How you doing? So speaking of, you know, today is okay. Um, I, I had a nice, you know, my kids are, my kids are home for the foreseeable future months I'm, I'm assuming right now and it was really interesting we were just walking our dog and i just had this moment where i turned to my nine-year-old and i was like i'm really glad we get this time together and you know i think i've been so clouded by all of the worry and anxieties both for my family and for my community and the world that um i just hadn't i, I it's been hard for me to like look at the things that i truly appreciate about this really effed up experience we're all in and, you know, that is this kind of like unmuted times with my kids where like nobody else is around. We're not rushing to go to dance class or like go to somebody's house. We're just together all the time. Yeah, I have been and, thinking a um, lot about this. Like we'll, we'll probably never have an opportunity like this in our lifetimes again. So like, again, I'm not trying to like make light of the situation we're in, but it's just kind of an interesting thing that I am appreciating about this time. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sort of trying to like reconcile myself with acknowledging the privilege of, of feeling that there are benefits to being in this self isolation, if that makes sense. Go um, on. While also, you know, while acknowledging the very real hardship that this is also causing for so many people. And also that it has also been a really anxious time for me. And, uh, and I assume for most people as well. Um, and that, like all of those feelings can kind of coexist, you know? Yeah. You know, it's actually reminded me a lot of grieving in a lot of ways, how you, we mm. can still like laugh and have fun when really horrible things are happening. And I just don't think they, that they need to be mutually exclusive, but sometimes it can feel weird, you know, like to like, we recognize yes. we're in a deeply, um, troubled crisis where people are dying and being hurt and so much hardship is happening. But also there are these weird moments that from, from that, these amazing kind of organic joyful things can happen. And I agree. It's hard to reconcile that. And it's just one of these like weird 
things about life that fascinate me. Yeah, totally. Um, so what else have you been doing? Um, I've been really invested in popping an ingrown hair, Dory. That's what oh, I've been doing. You are speaking my language. I know. Someone was like, wow, it sounds like you've got a really exciting thing to work on during quarantine. And I was like, yes, I do. I have a very bad ingrown hair, Dory. I don't know where, how it happened. It is red. It is tender. And uh, it's my project. Can I ask how you've been addressing it? <laughs> well, I, for about a week, I didn't even notice. And then one day I was like, whoa, this is in my pubic region. I And I don't know what, like, I don't shave. I don't know where it just happened. So I, I finally noticed it. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to let that live and just be. And then it kind of burst recently. Is this TMI mm-hmm, mm-hmm. listeners? No, TMI no, alert? Mm-mm. TMI alert. Nope. Um. And then I was like, ooh, what do I do now? You know, like, and I, I'm not going to go to the doctor because there's, that's just not an option right now for non-urgent things. So, you know, like maybe I'd go to the dermatologist. I don't know. I'm, what is a doctor going to do? So I'm just kind of, kind of letting it play out with the warm compress with some Neosporin, but like I have not been able to get the hair out and I don't want to irritate it further. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so we're mm-hmm. just kind of coexisting together, me and this ingrown hair. And it's just a real, I don't know. Ingrown hairs, like I, I, they don't happen as much for me anymore. So it's just kind of like an interesting project I have going on right now. <laughs> I'm excited for you. <laughs> I mean, me too. I hope I don't make it worse. I'm just mostly trying not to let it get infected. Yeah. So, but, so there's no sign of the actual hair. No, but like I did post a photo of it to my like main mom Facebook group that I'm in because I was like, I need someone to help me on this, this one. And people have been guiding me on how to try to get the hair out, like including like people who are actual medical professionals. But so far, Dory, it's I don't know where it is. No it's luck. in there. No and luck. You, ha- you have a pair of very sharp tweezers. No, I mean, I kind of I kind of have a pair, but like, I, I mean, I need to sterilize them before I go digging around with them. Yeah. Anyway, I know I this mean, is scintillating drama. <laughs> Literally. I see what you did there. Um, yeah, that was a pun. That was a pun. Yeah, I probably shouldn't even weigh in on this because I don't think my methods are sanctioned. <laughs> you go rogue on those ingrown I, I hairs. I feel like I go rogue and I wouldn't want to uh, encourage any bad behavior in you or any of our listeners. Yeah, and again, like, this is also something that I'm like, well, I've got, I've got nothing but time right now. So I'm being more patient with it, I think, because I'm, you know, yes. I'm warm, I'm warm compressing. I took a bath last night, hoping that might help, but it didn't. So yeah, I will certainly keep you up to date. Please do. I feel very, I will say, Dory, the, the other thing is I'm trying not to use it as an outlet for my stress and anxiety because I've been talking about mm. face picking and I had actually talked to my therapist about it because I was really going at it on like on my arms and um, like scanning my body, like kind of rubbing over my body to kind of feel around for things to pick. So I have been really trying to kind of consciously just examine that and be aware Mm. of it. So I also have to like actively not let this be a a thing. You know what I mean? Yep. 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 Um, can I tell you one more thing, Dory? Yes, always. Okay, I can finally conducted my first, un, you know, 
non-sanctioned Vaseline alternative study. And I have some opinions. Great. Let's hear them. Okay. So these are based on some listener recommendations that I was able to easily purchase online. There have been more recommendations. I will keep exploring them, but I wanted to give you my first, um, first results. All right. So I tried Waxeline, which is kind of comes in like a lip, a lip balm. I tried Lanolips and then I tried Alba Botanica Unpetroleum Jelly. Here are, is my opinion. I hated Waxeline. Okay. Just that's it. Period. Waxeline was not for me. I appreciate the recommendation, but it just it, it felt kind of drying and sticky. I liked Lanolips for my lips. It was fine. I liked it. I will definitely probably like keep it in my purse and keep using it. But the Alba Botanica Unpetroleum Jelly, I'm going to go as so as far as to say that it's a rave. Wow. Okay. And not only do I like it on my lips in place of Vaseline, though, to be honest, nothing's going to stop me from using Vaseline. I still like Vaseline better. What I really like this for is on my hands. Oh, ho, ho, ho. Which are, I think, like many people, super dry right now from so much washing. So every night I have been putting this Alba Botanica on petroleum jelly on my hands. And I even put it on these dry spots on my cheeks last night. And I, I just got to say, like, if you've got dry hands, this is a winner. And I know a lot of us do right now. Yeah, I, I really like Alba Botanica's products. So I'm pleased that they had your favorite. Yes, and I ordered that online, but I know you can... And look, obviously, shopping right now is a whole thing. So get it if you want to wherever you can. But um, I did notice it was at a whole at Whole Foods, but I ordered mine online. So there you go. Okay, good to know. Uh, anyway, on that note, Dory, <laughs> that yes. note, exciting. I've got an ingrown <laughs> hair and I've got a, a new Vaseline-esque product. Uh, you are living been, your best life. I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to kind of find the things that bring me some sense of like routine and joy yeah. and normal, normalcy, you know? Yes. Yes how, yes. how have you been holding up this week? Um, You know, I'm okay. Um, I've been trying to check in with friends and family more often. Um, my two best friends from college and I did a Zoom call the other day. And that was really nice. Um, one of them is in New York and one of them lives in Istanbul. So we don't get to see each other very much anyway. Um, and it was like, it was kind of nice that this situation gave us an excuse to have this virtual hang. Yeah. Which is something we've and, never done before, even though we totally could have. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's really interesting. I have been talking to friends more too, and it's and there are people I wish we talked to every day, and we we weren't finding reasons to do it, and so now here we are in this time doing it, and it's been very interesting to be kind of pushed in that direction. Yeah, I've been calling my parents every day, FaceTiming with Henry with them. Um, I had previously been calling them like once a week, maybe twice a week. And so it's been nice. I just, I feel like I can check in on them and they get to see Henry and, you know, they're, my dad's almost 75. He's 74. My mom is turning 70 soon. Like they're, my dad's not leaving the house. Um, my dad, my dad, I called them last night and my mom told me that my dad has been um, doing social distancing from her. 
Okay. I mean, like he's been maintaining six feet of distance between them. And so when I taught, when I, when he got on the line, I was like, dad, you know, you don't have, you don't have to do that. Like within the house, unless you think mom has been exposed. And he was like, I don't think she's been exposed. And I was like, okay. I mean, I think you're probably safe. Like I appreciate your newfound efforts to be safe, but this, this seems extreme. Yeah, um, because I I feel like the idea is that the people you are quarantining with, you're kind of essentially like if somebody is sick with coronavirus, you could get it, but like you're kind of you're essentially become a unit, right? Yes, like exactly. a quarantining unit. Exactly, exactly. So I just that was that was kind of uh, funny to me. I um, love that. That's very that's a very dad thing to do. It was, it's a very my dad thing to do. I was like, oh my god, and then he was like did you tell her to like get upset with me? <laughs> I was like, no, <laughs> she just mentioned it. Um, so yeah. So, you know, as I was saying before, I, I have been seeing some of the, the nice things about this period of isolation. Um, you know, we're cooking more, we're spending more time together. I've gotten into online exercise, which was something that like I'd been meaning to do for so long and just, had never done. Um, I'm going on a lot more walks, but you know, I'm, I'm also trying to like be honest with myself about the things that I do miss. Um, and like allow myself to mourn those, like seeing people in real life. I miss not being anxious, like completely anxious every time my husband or I goes, go to the grocery store. Um, and I miss going to restaurants. I miss taking Henry to his playgroup. Um, I'm stressed about the global economy and whether this is the end of life as we know it. And, you know, I, I think I think just allow I'm trying to allow myself to feel those things while also acknowledging that there are some things that are kind of nice about it. Well, like this is a real time of grief right like and and fear a grief be, uh, over loss of life over like actual human life over loss of the way people live their lives i mean i think yep. i i was feeling like very deep sorrow i think i've already mentioned this on an episode but of, of my kids and their teachers like missing yeah. their teachers and yeah and i don't that that surprised me i was like why am i missing school like i just i'm sad for mm -hmm. them to have lost that experience and I'm yep. thinking a lot about how they will remember this time, you know, and, and mm -hmm. but that was something I was like, why am I like crying about them oh. not seeing going to their classrooms? I don't know. It just felt, I don't know. There's a lot. There's, there's a lot. Well, because it's like, it's something that was, that we almost took for granted before. Yes, totally. I mean, a hundred percent did take for granted. And I also think, you know, there is this feeling of you want, even if you don't feel okay or you're anxious, you want other people around you to to not feel that. Like you want to yes. you want to protect them from that experience. Totally. I think a little bit. So, and I feel that way about like friends and family, not just my own children. Yep. Yep. <sighs> it's a strange time. It also makes you or it makes me appreciate so much what I do have, and like I notice I have been looking at nature a lot more and like just feeling so grateful that I can like walk outside every morning and breathe in the air. You know, I mean, there is, there is that remembrance of all that we do have and what we're so lucky to have. So 
Yes. Yes, I, I agree. It's stuff. I feel like this is a, will is a, a, if we make it out, you know, make it through, it will be a, a huge growing and learning experience. But it's still fucking yeah. scary as all fuck. Yeah. And it's like, it's so hard to picture what that is going to look like. Yes. And, you know, there's so many other fears and concerns that like can go go without mentioning but so much that i'm sure yep. our listeners are experiencing too so i don't yeah. know it's tough it's, it's really, really tough, tough. <sighs> well that's why i've got this ingrown hair <laughs> got my ingrown hair <laughs> to distract me um thank god i keep looking at it while i'm recording by the way if we were in person i wouldn't be doing this but because you're not here i keep pulling up my skirt pushing up my underwear and looking at my ingrown hair. <laughs> wow. We should probably record remotely forever. <laughs> Until this hair is resolved. Yes. What if like we were able to start seeing people again, but my ingrown hair is still going on, so we cannot meet in person until it's done. I mean, oh, that, that could happen. Um, so we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we are going to be talking with the amazing author and podcaster, Danny Shapiro, um, about her most recent book, Inheritance, and her podcast, Family Secrets, and being in isolation. And she is just so wonderful. And we were so, so excited to be able to talk to her. So we'll be right back. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Kate, I feel like we are like barreling into summer. It's happening so fast. It is. And I feel like also with summer just come more social events. There's weddings. There's nights out. It's vacations. I mean, like all the things happening in summer. And what I love is that Honey Love has just the right thing for all those events. Feel comfortable and confident this summer with Honey Love's best-selling Super Power Short. The Super Power Short smooth shapes and lifts, giving you a flawless silhouette under any outfit with targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas you need less compression. It's designed to work with your body, not against it. Speaking of working with your bod, the crossover bra, which I'm wearing as we speak. I wear that my, thing every day. I do too. Uh, it's my favorite Honey Love piece. Let me let me just tell you why. Yeah, get okay, into it. Do you want to tell me why? <laughs> no, no. I was just going to say like, I, I, I don't even need to wear it to events. I wear it like the event is every day of my life. Yes, that's such a good way of putting it. The bra gives all the support of traditional bras without using any underwires. And just like sidebar, I have put on some of my old underwire bras lately and been like, oh, God, like get this off of me. <laughs> No, thank once you. you. Once you start wearing Honey Love, you're just like, no, not yep. going back. 
You see how it could be. Yes. Also, like summer sweat under those underwires is like, ugh, the worst. Now you don't have to worry about it. Get the support you need with the comfort you deserve and treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market. Save 20% off at honeylove.com slash forever. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash forever. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started. So shape your life with Honey Love. You know, the weather's getting warmer. So I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually, actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple, perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. quince, but it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie, also from quince. Ooh, mm-hmm. okay. It, it, like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking, I, I'm going to toot my own horn, effortlessly chic, whether it's winter toot, or, toot, Kate. or summer. They've got premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30. You've got washable silk tops, really stunning 14 karat gold jewelry and so much more. Like truly, the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, If you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. You know, Dory, we talk to a lot of really fantastic intelligent people on this podcast. But I don't know, maybe you're like us and you want to go even deeper. Mm, I'd love to go deeper. We like to go deep. And that's not only possible with today's sponsor, but also easy to accomplish on Masterclass. Every year I get really into the classes offered and the instructors offering them. Like I'm all over the place with the things that I like on Masterclass. But this year, I am very interested in the class Redefining Feminism, which is 14 lessons from Gloria Steinem. Okay. Now, they dissect issues women face in the US and ways we can play a role in the feminist movement in our everyday lives. Look, I majored in women and gender studies in college. So, this is right up my alley. But even if you didn't, even if you're like, this is the first time I'm I hearing mean, those words. I would argue, especially if you didn't. Yes. Get into it with Masterclass because this is the year you can really learn from the best to become your best 
with Masterclass. Go from just talking about improving to actually doing the things you've been wanting to do with Masterclass. And it doesn't have to be redefining feminism with Gloria Steinem. It can be gardening in your own garden or your yard or patio. It can be learning to cook Indian food or designing a space that you love. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors. So whether you want to master like negotiation with Chris Voss or think like a boss with Martha Stewart, or maybe capture your vision through photography with Petra Collins, Masterclass has you covered. With Masterclass, you get unlimited access to intimate one-on-one classes with the world's best. And right now, our listeners will get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash F35. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash F35. That's masterclass.com slash F35. Our guest today is Danny Shapiro. Danny, we are so excited to have you on Forever 35. I am thrilled to be with you both. Um, And we are just going to read your bio and then we will get into our conversation. Um, So Danny is the author of the Instant New York Times bestselling memoir, Inheritance, which was published in January 2019 by Knopf and recently came out in paperback. And her other books include the memoirs, Hourglass, Still Writing, Devotion and Slow Motion, and five novels, including Black and White and Family History. Along with teaching writing workshops around the world, Danny has taught at Columbia and New York University and is the co-founder of the Sirenland Writers Conference in Positano, Italy. And in February of 2019, Danny launched an original podcast, Family Secrets, in collaboration with iHeartMedia and iTunes Top 10 Podcast. The series features stories from guests who, like Danny, have uncovered life-altering and long-hidden secrets from their families' past. And it is a wonderful podcast that I highly recommend everyone listen to. Um, So Danny, we are talking to you kind of in the midst of a period of great upheaval. Um, We are all self-quarantined. We're all recording from our homes and just kind of want to know how you're doing. Thanks. I want to know how you guys are doing too. I mean, it's, (laughs) it's just such a it's it's unlike anything that any of us have experienced in our lives. I mean, there's just new language around it and new feelings around it. And um, you know, look, I'm I'm okay. You know, we're, you're okay. We're sitting here making a podcast today, but it's a very unsettling time for all of us. I mean, I'm sitting here in the basement of my home in Connecticut. Um, typically, I would probably be in a recording studio um, to 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 be recording a podcast, but I'm in my son's old playroom, surrounded by like little boy paraphernalia. He's twenty. He's twenty now, <laughs> so we haven't we haven't gotten around to kind of uh, renovating this and turning it into something more grown up. And um, and yeah, my my house is full. You know, my husband's home, my son is home, uh, um, and everybody's kind of maintaining social distance and self-quarantining because they were both out in the world up until very recently. Um, So it's, yeah, very, very strange. Very strange not to be able to physically be with people and um, literally to touch people. I wonder what that's going to do, you know, to all of us when we come out the other side of this. Yeah, it's really disorienting. Yeah. It's interesting you mentioned the physical. My husband worked away from home 
for months at a time recently. And one thing he said to me was how kind of like he longed for a hug because he wasn't like with anyone who he hugged. He was with all the people he worked with and how that like lack of physical contact was really hard. And I, I think it's interesting you you note that. Well, I mean, one of the things in my circumstances is my son just came back from Europe. He was on a semester abroad and, you know, he, he came into the house and I hadn't seen him in months and we are a huge hugging family. We are huggers. Um, and we couldn't hug each other because he had been, you know, all over London and all over Europe and very much the wisdom is no matter how much you want to, like, you know, don't do that for 14 days. Like let let that period of time go by. And then my husband came back, who also I haven't seen in weeks and weeks. He was in LA making a film and we're like maintaining six feet of distance between us. Um, it's very, we're kind of like dancing around the house in this strange way. Um, and, you know, very much with the, the, the feeling of it's temporary and um, I mean, hopefully it's 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 temporary and it's possible to do anything if you know that there's um you know an end date for it like 14 days from now we'll be able to all be sitting on the sofa together right right and you know one thing i was thinking about is that you know you are a writer and a podcaster as we are and we're kind of used to working alone we're used to being solitary but we're kind of not used to being this alone. Um, mm -hmm. And what you just pointed out about not being able to touch your husband or your son, I think really highlights that. And I'm wondering, what are some of the things you're doing to, I guess, mitigate that for yourself? Mm. I think, you know, I have had several longtime practices, um, which are more difficult to, 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 you know, be in the ritual and the habit of things that are, you know, healthy and, um, you know, we're really taking care of ourselves. It's a lot harder in the midst of a crisis, but I do meditate every day. Um, I try to meditate first thing in the morning. That's always been, that's been my habit. That's been my practice because, um, it's helpful to do it at the same time every day. Uh, but I've found lately that, I'll check my phone and mm. which I never do first thing in the morning. I really have, a, I've always had a discipline, which is I'm going to meditate first and email can wait and I'm not going to go online. I'm going to have this little oasis before starting my day. Mm. But when you reach for your phone in the morning now and there are text alerts and you see them on your home screen, whether you want to or not, and they're, you know, you're sort of off to the races seeing these coronavirus alerts and, you know, different kinds of news alerts. And it can, I mean, for me, it's, that's really super challenging. Like I'll end up being caught up in reacting to the day, reacting to the news, reacting to what's going on before I've done anything to fully um, center myself mm. you know, in, in the present moment, which is, which is what meditation and, yoga, which is also a practice that I've had for a long time, are all about. Ultimately, they're tools, um, technologies in a way that allow us to be here now, not not leaning into the future, not leaning back into the past. I mean, I think um, I am like many people in that I'm, I'm worried about, you know, where is this going to go? Catastrophizing, you know, wondering, 
you know, how many weeks, how many months, what is it going to look like? Nobody knows. So there's this lack of control and this yeah. desire for control and the, the anxiety that comes with that. And the possibility of just having these moments of, you know what, I'm right now, I'm breathing in and breathing out. Right now, my family is under my roof. Um, this moment, or as my dear friend, the great mindfulness teacher, Sylvia Borstein, has this beautiful little meditation, which goes, may I meet this moment fully. May I meet it as a friend. Mm. And just with each breath, may I meet this moment fully. In other words, may I just be here for this moment, whatever it is. May I meet as may, may I meet it as a friend. Can I can I soften into whatever it is that's happening? And even just a few minutes of that practice is an oasis um, and allows us to remember. I don't know. I mean, there there. Are other? I think about the people who have other difficulties going on in their lives right now, where the coronavirus is the backdrop of the world. But you know, everyone has their own. We all have our own lives and whatever is going on in our lives. And um, I'm just always conscious of that. That you know, we think we know what to be worried about, um, or we think we, uh, you know, we sort of think about the future as a way, really, of trying to control it. When in fact we don't know, and what we have is just right here and right now. Oh, even just listening to you talk about meditation made me feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> you come to that practice? It sounds like it's been a part of your life for a long time. Yeah, I when my son was little, um, he was probably around five years old. Um, he started asking those kinds of questions that little kids often ask, um, and he would ask me. Um, what do you believe in? Do you believe in God? You know, um, what do you think happens when we die? Where do we go? You know, those kinds of existential questions, spiritual questions that kids ask. And when he started asking me those questions, I realized that I had totally opted out of thinking about anything uh, pertaining to a spiritual life because I was raised in a, a religious home and I rebelled against it. I didn't want to have anything to do with it. It just felt rigid and stultifying. And I, I just rebelled as soon as I could. And I really never looked back. But then now I had this little kid who was asking me like the big, deep questions. And I realized I wanted to be a mom who opted into thinking about the questions, you know, where the responses the responses I was giving him weren't, you know, what what wasn't like the smorgasbord, you know. Well, s some people believe this, and some people believe that, and uh, I wanted I wanted to be able to talk to him about what I believed, and I just so so I began so I because I'm a writer, and that's how I explore just about everything. I was actually in the middle of a yoga practice one day, and I the word devotion floated across my like field of vision, almost like this neon sign. And I realized with some degree of horror that my next book was going to be about this, that I needed to mm. like opt into asking the questions. And so I wrote this memoir called Devotion that came out about 10 years ago. It's hard to believe it's that long ago. And in order to write it, I had to live it. I mean, I, I, 
I wanted to write it so that I could live it in some way. And so I, I kind of without ever leaving my backyard, I just started saying yes to things like um, I was in a yoga class and at the end of the yoga class, the teacher, when everybody was lying there in Shavasana, the teacher read a poem and the poem really struck me. So I looked it up. I like, I followed signs. I looked up the poem and the only place I could find it was by ordering this book about yoga philosophy by this uh, writer and, and yoga philosopher named Stephen Cope. And I bought the book and unlike many times that we buy books and they just pile up and we don't get to them, I started reading it. Uh, I didn't just flip through it looking for this poem. I started reading it. And it was like a mind-blowing, life-altering, really um, powerful book. And I was one of those books I was carrying around with me and dog-earing. And a few weeks later, I was at one of these literary festivals about an hour from my home. And the other writer sitting next to me, uh, you know, where all our books are piled up in front of us and people were milling about, it was a benefit, uh, leaned over to introduce himself to me. And he said, hi, Steve Cope. And I was like, holy shit. I leaned into my, like, I, I, I pulled his book out of my bag and I was like, you're, I like, you're like changing my life. And he then was teaching a workshop at um, Kripalu, which is a yoga and meditation center in the Berkshires in Massachusetts. And, you know, I had a little kid at home. It felt completely, it had always felt like a self-indulgent thing to do to say, like, I'm going to go on a retreat, leave my husband and son. How can they possibly fend for themselves for a few days? They won't eat. You know, like, I can't do this. But suddenly my new friend, Stephen Cope, was leading this retreat. So I thought, okay. I'm going to do this. I'm going to go. And he was leading it with another mindfulness teacher named Sylvia Borstein. And that was a completely life-changing weekend for me. I met Sylvia, who became not only my teacher, but a very dear friend who I talk to multiple times a week these days. She's in her 80s, and she lives in the Bay Area. And so, so this is how it kind of evolved. It was like by following the next right thing, like being awake to the next right thing. And that kind of, you know, there's this beautiful Sabbath prayer that I came upon when I was um, actually even years before something that I had written down and I had on an index card above my desk. And the beginning of it goes, the days pass and the years vanish and we walk sightless among miracles. And I just remember, like, I didn't want to walk sightless among miracles. I wanted, and we can't be awake all the time. It's impossible. We would burn out. We would just, you know, explode. (laughs) It's too Mm -hmm. much. Um, But, you know, having that, and and then, and and the flip side too, though, I've got to say, is I think it can be when you are awake and alive to everything that's going on, it can become really hard and painful when what's going on is really hard and painful. So it has its complexities. But that's how I came to those practices. Sorry, long story. No, it, no it's, I love it. Yeah, it's fascinating. And I'm wondering, for people who maybe have not embarked on this spiritual journey, how, how would you advise someone to get into meditation if, if that's something they want to pursue, especially now? Mm, that's a great question. Um, 
you know, when, when my book Devotion came out, I was amazed by how many people would say to me, oh, I'm a bad meditator. I'm a bad meditator. I can't meditate. And I was like, what does it mean to be a bad meditator? Oh, well, I can't stop my racing thoughts. I can't quiet my mind for even like one or two seconds at a time. And the thing I would say is that is meditation. None of us can quiet our thoughts, especially now for more than one or two seconds at a time. But the act of meditating is to actually notice, oh, I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to go back. I'm going to come back to the breath now. I'm going to take a breath in. Notice I'm taking a breath in. Exhale. Notice I'm taking a breath, you know, letting my breath out. Oh, there's a thought again. Oh, without any judgment or self-recrimination, just noticing. And then you start after a little while to notice what those thoughts are. Like, oh, every time I have a thought, it's anxiety about the future. Okay. All right. I'm going to go back to the breath. And then if you do that just for a little bit every day, you just start to know your own mind better, mm. um, which is so incredibly useful for everything that we do, whether it's as parents or as, you know, in our, in our work or for people doing creative work or just, you know, living our lives, just knowing the contents of our minds. That's all it is. It's not about being in some blissed out Zen state of nirvana that is unattainable. It's got nothing to do with that. It's just noticing the patterns of your mind. And if you sit for even just a couple of minutes, um, you'll notice that. And then there also are all these technologies, like technology can be so overwhelming at times, but there also are these various technologies that are so supportive of, you know, like podcasts, right? Of, of living a more connected life, a more meaningful life, a more informed life. And one of those um, for me is this app called Insight Timer. That's a free app um, that has all of these actual guided meditations by hundreds and hundreds of different teachers. So if you need support or there have definitely, I mean, I prefer to meditate with either just like sort of background like the sound of crickets and a stream running or silence. But there have definitely been times in my life where I'm too overwhelmed to do that. And so I'll listen to, you know, Thich Nhat Hanh or, you know, Sharon Salzberg or Jack Kornfield, all these great meditation teachers just guide me. It's like being in a class with somebody who's just taking you on a little journey of guided meditation. You know, you've that sounds written fun. so much about your, about very different challenging traumatic experiences in your life. And I'm, um, I would love to know, in addition to any kind of technology or podcasts, what kind of books or TV shows do you turn to when things are challenging? Do you find comfort in it? You mentioned Stephen Cope, um, mm. who's amazing. Yeah. Um, is there, a, a, do you have like a comfort food, a pop culture comfort food? I mean, my pop culture comfort food is more like um, really absorbing TV, um, uh, you know, stories that I can binge watch and kind of get swept up into. Um, ones lately, uh, I've been watching the latest season of Homeland, um, or um, there's a, just a TV show called Manifest that is... Uh, very suspenseful and, 
um, I find it can be really helpful to just take a break and, and just watch something that's not like, you know, super, uh, you know, meaningful. That's just kind of, and, you know, entertainment, really well done entertainment. With books, I find I'm much more, um, comforted by beautiful language. I read a lot of poetry when I need solace. I, um, go back to certain, um, writers whose work I love and who, th- that I've loved for a long time and reread them. Um, like Virginia Woolf, I go back to rereading her work when I need a sense of perspective. Um, I think it can be really helpful to have a historical perspective right now about this moment that we're in, you know, that there were people living through really hard things before we were born. Um, you know, Virginia Woolf wrote a lot during World War II um, when, you know, her city was under attack. And there's something about, for me, that I find comforting about placing myself in the span of time. Because you also realize that people get to the other side of things um, very often. Um, Danny, I'm wondering if we can talk about inheritance, um, which for people who are not familiar with it, tells the story of learning that the man you knew as your dad was not your biological father and finding the man who was. Um, not to give too yeah. much of a spoiler, but... Um, <laughs> spoiler alert. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and I'm just wondering, what is your... What's your relationship like with your biological family now? And what mm. was their response to the book? Yeah, it, it's it's been amazing. I mean... It's funny, just just hearing you say that when I realized that discovery I made is only a few years ago, and so much has happened. Um, you know, I I was um, quote unquote interviewing my son the other day uh, because the PBS NewsHour chose Inheritance for their book club that's coming up, and they ask they ask um, the writers to do little projects that go up on their website and Facebook and all of that. And, and as one of the projects, I thought, I'm going to interview my son. I have a conversation with him that I'll then share with them about what it, what it was like to discover that his grandfather was a different biological, you know, it was a completely yeah. different human being, right? Yeah. And he, he said something yesterday when we were doing this that really struck me, which was, he said, I don't, he said, I feel like my family expanded. I don't feel like I now granted he didn't know my dad. So it wasn't a loss for him. My dad died before he was born. So it wasn't actually a loss of a human being who he loved as it was. I mean, for me, it was shocking and it initially felt like a loss um, because I had never known that that was the case. And I felt betrayed and I felt confused and I felt uh, adrift, um, which I don't feel at all anymore, I should say. But like my biological father, who um, was a sperm donor. I mean, there are no spoilers, by the way, for, you know, for all of your listeners. It, it doesn't seem to matter at all whether you know the facts or you don't. Um, I mean, my friends, when they read Inheritance when it came out, my friends who intimately knew the story would call me up and say, I was up until two o'clock in the morning to find out what happened. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I mean, I should say, I, <laughs> totally. I knew, like, I knew the broad strokes of your story and I was still riveted by your book. Yeah. So thank you. Thank yeah. you. Um, but so... I mean, my biological father was a sperm donor, which was 
a shocking thing to discover in the middle of my life. And I was able to track him down uh, very, very stunningly easily. And we had, you know, it's a very complicated thing that many people are facing these days of suddenly somebody reaching out who's a complete stranger and saying, I think you're my biological parent, or I think you're my biological half-sibling. Um, you know, it's this kind of stunning moment of, wait a minute, I, I thought I knew. I mean, one thing we're generally pretty sure of if we grow up thinking that we're in our own biological family is, you know, the parameters of that. And then suddenly that's kind of exploded wide open. And so it was initially very challenging. I think he was shocked and threatened. I think as everyone is in those circumstances, very much a feeling of what do you want, you know? Uh, and over time, over, you know, a period of weeks and months, um, he actually really came around to, wow, this is, this is real. This is happening. And whether it's something that I ever anticipated in my life or not, it's, it's, it's true. And, yeah. and he was someone who, so I'm very, very lucky because he was, a, he's an extremely kind and thoughtful person. And he, um, was willing to, uh, embrace that truth and to meet me. Um, and we've since in these last couple of years established a, like a really unusual relationship, myself and, um, and, and my biological father and his oldest daughter, who is my biological half sister. And, I would not describe it as, um, he doesn't feel like my father. You know, right. the de my dad who raised me is my father. And my half sister doesn't exactly feel like a sister. We weren't raised under the same roof. We were raised in different cultures and in different parts of the country and in different worlds. But yet there is a familiarity, like a really profound and powerful familiarity. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's no playbook for it. So it just feels like it feels like a special and unusual relationship that is kind of uncategorizable. It's not family, but it's something more than uh, a friendship. You have this really lovely passage in your book um, when you finally go out to lunch with your biological father and his wife. Um, where you describe meeting him as feeling like you were kind of in your native country. Mm. And I just love that. I love that because it just, it really seemed to perfectly encapsulate how you must have been feeling. Mm. I'm so glad to hear you say that because, you know, as, as a writer, I feel like I often don't know exactly what I'm feeling until I find the language for it. Mm -hmm. And when I met him, I didn't initially have the language. I just was sitting at that lunch, you know, that, that table where he and his wife and my husband and I were having lunch. And I could hardly even look at him. It was like staring at the sun. It was so intense um, to see my gestures and my physicality and even aspects of my nature, you know, my constitution reflected back at me in someone that I had never met before in my life. Um, and after the luncheon, we, I mean, it was a relief because we really liked each other. And when we, you know, when we went into the lunch, it was a feeling of this may be the only time we ever meet. 
And when we all left the lunch, it was a, with a feeling that we were at the beginning of something that we would mm. see each other again. And but afterwards, in the days afterwards, I I sort of became very sad, and I couldn't figure out why because the lunch, you know, meeting him had been so wonderful. And what I what I started to realize, and it was actually during a meditation where where that language came to me, I realized he didn't feel like my father which was a relief and also allowed my father my dad to sort of begin to return to me it it was the beginning of really coming to terms with what it means to be a a father or a mother to be a parent to do the active loving and nurturing of parenting which is you know which is what it's all about um and yet at the same time, I was seeing myself reflected in this other person. And what was that? And I was meditating one day and I was noticing in my meditation, oh, I keep on trying to form language around what I'm feeling. I started noticing that. And it was, he feels like the country that I'm from. He feels mm. like my native country. It's not a country I've ever set foot in, but it's where I'm from. And that was so satisfying. It was such a relief to come to that. So I'm so glad that you, that you, that that spoke to you because it was, it was like a hard one little bit of knowledge. And that's really stayed with me. That that's exactly what Ben Walden and the Walden family feel like to me. Yeah. I thought it was just so evocative. Um, I'd love to switch gears a little bit and talk about your podcast. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> um, so, Family Secrets is a podcast where you you explore, uh, as you say, the astonishing family secrets and uncover the extraordinary lessons the truth can teach us. Um, and this has been kind of a runaway success. And... I'm wondering, has this been, was it a surprise that you were going to find so many stories like this? The whole thing was a surprise. I mean, it 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 began um, in this really organic way. Um, you know, Inheritance was about to come out and people were telling me their secrets. And uh, one day, actually, I was on the phone with Sylvia Borstein, who I had mentioned, um, yeah. who had read the manuscript. And she started telling me this extraordinary story, and she's a brilliant storyteller. And I was on the other end of the phone and like hanging on to every word. And all of a sudden, I thought, oh, I wish I was recording this. And the next thought I had was, podcast, I wonder if there's a podcast where people who have really thought deeply about their family secrets would, um, I could have conversations with them. And, and that's how it began. And there's so many things that have been surprising about it, but one of them is there isn't a single person that I've asked to be on the show who has said no. Wow. Not, not one. Nobody's been like, ooh, I don't know. I can't, you know, I can't tell that story or I'm not comfortable sharing. It's funny. There was one guest in the second season who um, we permitted to be anonymous because it was the only way that he was comfortable telling his story. So we gave him 
um, you know, a, a, a pseudonymous name. And, and afterwards, I got a little bit of pushback from listeners saying, this, this show is really supposed to be about owning and not being ashamed of your secrets. Why would you have had somebody on the show who wanted to, um, keep his identity a secret? And I thought, you know what? You're right. And I won't do it again. Um, because there's something to me when I think of like, what's the criteria for like a, a good episode and, a, an impactful conversation is it's not about like the rubbernecking part of like hearing about somebody's family secret. I mean, the stories themselves, every single family secret is, is unique, even if it falls into the same basket. If it's, if it's, if it's beautifully told, if it's unpacked, you know, all the stories are unique, but you know, in a, in a deeper way to me, it's about like, what did, what does it mean to, uh, live with a secret, then know a secret, then in the sort of aftermath of a secret, like, you know, the tagline of the show is the secrets that are kept from us, the secrets we keep from others, and the secrets we keep from ourselves. And to me, um, I like to I, to really um, unpack stories that are operating on all of those levels, because I think very often when a secret is kept from us, we are also in some way keeping it from ourselves. It's not like just because it isn't spoken, it doesn't exist. It's always there. And it's always shaping our lives in some way, whether we're conscious of it or not. Danny, where can people find you if they want to read your work and kind of learn more about you? Uh, well, my favorite um, social platform is definitely Instagram. Uh, where I'm Danny Writer. That's just D A N I Writer. Um, and I'm on Facebook, uh, Danny Shapiro. And um, and my website, uh, which is dannyshapiro.com, where all of my books are, are listed. Inheritance is the most recent one. And the podcast is on there. And um, yeah, and Family Secrets, uh, wherever you, as, as we say, wherever you get your podcast. <laughs> that is the line. Yeah, thank you so much for joining us. And um, I hope you and your family stay safe and healthy and that you can hug your husband and son again soon. Oh, thank you. And to you too. It was really great to talk to you both, Dory and Kate. Thank I'm a you. big fan. Thank you so much. Yeah, Likewise. Likewise. You know, we have been delving more and more into the topic of our skin as we get older and how we treat it, and how we love it. Because look, as I'm learning in my mid-40s, as you get older, you deal with new things when it comes to your skin. Not that they're bad, they're just new. You know what I mean? Like I am now just discovering creppiness, Dory. Mm, okay. Which is okay, I visible know. on my <sighs> neck and chest. Luckily, it's a thing. It's a thing. Luckily, OneSkin, our sponsor today, knows all about things like crappiness. And I'm not overly concerned with aesthetics, but like I do just want to keep my skin healthy as I age. Totally. I love their topical supplements. They really help your skin feel, I don't want to say younger, but just vibrant, mm. refreshed. 
they combine tissue engineering, data analysis, and cutting-edge longevity science to literally create the world's most effective product to help with skin aging. I am particularly fond of their face topical supplement. It's essentially a moisturizer, but it has their Mm -hmm. proprietary OSO1 peptide to really help with all the parts of our skin that are exposed to environmental damage. You can use it on your face, your hands, your neck. I know here Mm -hmm. where we live in Los Angeles, our hands, we're driving, that sun is coming at us at all times. OneSkin believes the purpose of skincare is not just to improve how we look, but to optimize our skin biology so that it is more resilient to the aging process. They really create next level skincare. OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and more importantly, acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code OVER50 at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code OVER50. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. So we we are going to be on Danny's podcast later this spring. Um, so Yeah. So... Look out for that. Um, so, Kate, how how is Intenshi's land going for you? Oh, it's interesting. Uh, so, last week I wanted to venture into my garden, right? Yeah. And you know what? Like day two or three of our quarantine, I went. I went out there with my kids one afternoon and I, so I have this overgrown herb garden. I was like, I'm going to thin this out. It turned out like these herbs had grown almost six feet tall, like into trees. And we just hacked it. And I think I was taking a lot of stress out on this herb garden, but we, we hacked it to pieces. So now I have a beautiful empty planter box. I got rid of all the over overgrowth and I'm ready to, I need to like dig up some seeds and start planting again. So I kind of did it. Oh, that's yeah. fun. Yeah. And I actually, I also have just been doing like, I refilled all my bird feeders. Like I did, like, I've just been doing kind of like, I threw out the pumpkins from Halloween that were still on our front steps. Oh, cool. Which we, had, like, <laughs> we had like six rotting pumpkins. I, I realized that Halloween was like six months ago. I kind of, kind of just slipped my mind. So I did some little like yard tidying, which felt very nice. And it felt lovely getting to be outside. It was really it felt good. So I'm going to keep keep at it while we are in this um, in this time of quarantine. And I stole your intention, Dory. <gasps> I did one new thing. Tell me. And I made I made uh, Mark Bittman's no need bread from the New York Times, which we talked about on the first episode of our podcast, our other podcast here for you. Yes. And you said it came out really well. It was 
so great. It was like foolproof and wonderful. And my kids helped and we ate it for dinner and everybody liked it. And it was just delicious. And I felt really proud of myself. So thank you for your intention. You encouraged me that that encouraged me and inspired me. And so there you go. I'm now a bread maker. I look forward to trying some of your bread when we are out of quarantine. Well, good, because my intention this week is a bread intention. Go on. Okay, so my friend Liz dropped off some sourdough starter at my house, and I would like to try to make a loaf of sourdough bread. Whether it's edible or not, I don't care. I just want to follow through because I tried to make the leaven part of the sourdough, and I failed. So I'm going to start again tomorrow. This is a big endeavor for me, but I feel like, you know, I've got some time. And so I would just like to get it through to the cooking, like cook a loaf of bread and see, cook a loaf of sourdough. Um, I love sourdough bread. You know, I've really kind of healed my relationship to bread in the past year, which I guess kind of sounds silly, but has been a big thing for me. No, I hear you. So so I want to make some sourdough. That's my intention. How Can I just ask quickly, like, how do you mess up a sourdough starter? It's not I don't know. Dory, I don't know. I've ne- Well, first of all, the starter is not messed up. The starter is fine. You do have to feed it every night when it's not in the fridge, which is so weird to me that I'm like feeding this living creature. Mm-hmm. Um but I made the leaven and it didn't quite rise and then I got like lazy and forgot about it. So I think the way I messed up the leaven was by like um not not doing it right. Like not doing it. Oh, I see. Okay. So I'm going to start again tomorrow when I have a little bit more of a free day um, and just get to work. Try to make that loaf. Great. I look forward to it. Now, how about you? You, I, I did steal your intention from last week, but it was to do one new thing. <laughs> yeah. So I did an online step aerobics class. Um, Where did you find it? Where was it located? YouTube? It was on YouTube. I Googled step aerobics YouTube. <laughs> um and i found this really great um i thought i think she's a great instructor um her name is jenny ford and she has a bunch of she has she has she doesn't only do step but she's a lot of step classes um that i've really been enjoying (laughs) um and so that's just been great. I actually, I own a step, um, like an old, you know, Reebok step. And so um, I, I, I kind of dusted it off and I've been, and I've been doing some of her classes. That is awesome. Yeah. Highly recommend. She also, oh, she right. has, she has classes from beginner to advanced from, you know, beginner, basic, you've never done step before to advanced classes. So and what what are you taking? Like, where do you fall into that? Um, I would say I'm like intermediate to advanced. Whoa, look at you. Okay. And it's so funny because it like all came back to me so fast. Yeah. Um, just like being on the step because <laughs> um, I did step aerobics for so long. I really do enjoy it. It really is such a great workout. Like in the in the nineties or like well, in the aughts? I did it in the nineties. Um, there was a gym right by my elementary school that I went to in high school called Fitness Unlimited, um, in Brookline, Massachusetts. It was a women's only gym and they had step 
aerobics classes. And my friend Allison, who has been on the podcast, uh, Allison Livingston, she and I would, we went to step class together. Um, so that was where I started. And that was in the 90s. That was in like the mid 90s. And then in the aughts, at New York Sports Club, there was an instructor who taught step and she I think I've mentioned her before. But she had students who were like her groupies. And she taught at a bunch of different New York sports clubs and people would like follow her from club to club. And I became one of those groupies and I'm still on her email list. You have mentioned this. Yes. I love this so much. I left New York seven years ago. Um, but she's so great. And I haven't... I. I went to, I've gone to a couple of step classes in LA and they just weren't the same. So, well, I also did a step class this morning. I so. heard. Yes. Look at I you. I did it on an actual step in my backyard. Oh, fun. You know, got the job done. Yeah. Hey, whatever works. So, what are you up to this week in terms so, of your intention? You know, I usually shy away from saying I'm going to do something every day. Um, but, I'm shaking things up and I want to do a bedtime yoga routine every night. I've done it. I didn't do it last night because there was like podcast chaos in this house. Um, but I did it the night before and I did another time last week and it's just like the nicest way to just like wind down at the end of the day. And yoga with Adrian has a few like 12 to 20 minute bedtime relaxation gentle routines um so i've just been like finding one of them and putting it on and i want to do that every night this week mm, dory mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and what made you decide to take this to like an every night level because i think i need something that helps me wind down yeah yeah you know, and yoga, to yoga toes aren't it right now. I mean, I'm still doing my yoga toes and okay, good. I'm still writing my one line a day journal. And I actually, I didn't last night, but the night before and the night before that I wrote in my actual journal. Um, so that's been like a relaxing practice. I think I might need to like not use my iPad anymore mm -hmm. even though i don't mm -hmm. i don't have social media on it like i've I t and i don't have my email on it um but it still like allows me to like surf the internet and just in, yep. in this in this in this economy <laughs> i just don't think that that's a good idea yep i'm with you so with i you. might go back to kindle only well i i wish you luck in this endeavor i think that well, sounds thank you really so much. positive Thank you. Thank you, Kate. All right. Well, I think that brings us to the end of our show. Uh, Forever 35 is hosted and produced by Doris Freer and Kate Spencer and produced and edited by Sammy Junio. And Sam Reed is our project manager. And we will talk to you on this show next week, but you can still catch us on here for you tomorrow, tomorrow morning. Yeah. And don't, don't forget, stay home, stay home, be safe, stay, stay home. healthy. Okay. Bye. Bye.